In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, the chief investigator, lead investigator, the blonde girl from East Bridgewater's Most Haunted, Ron Wade Kerrigan. Hi, Ron. How are you? Did I get that wrong? I think I did, right? <laughs> are you blonde? Bottles? Are you She's blonde? Yes. Oh, you are? Yes. Naturally, or, or were you uh, <laughs> by an act no, of God? No comment. There you go. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? Because we, we did mention something like that. It, it's Be careful what you say, say is, um, you know, Facebook. You have to be careful what you write on Facebook. Oh, my, yes. Don't we? Yep. Yeah, we do. We do. Would you tell that to my husband, please? Uh, okay. Yes. Um, no, I, no, I mean, I've I happened to myself as well. I mean, I, I mentioned something that we were doing just in jest. Oh, that's right. And, uh, you know, I was absolutely crucified for it. So you mm-hmm. do have to be careful. You do have to be careful. I mean, yeah, you know the other thing too, Ann, is Ann, Ann, you, may I call you Ann? Uh, of course, but of course. Okay, that's good. Uh, the, <laughs> another thing that happens is, Can I call you know, him? we get in this big kick about getting friends, how many friends you want, you know, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it, we really, I guess, we should be more choosy who we make as our friends on uh, Facebook. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You think? I, I turn down people all the time. Really? I yep. I don't accept anybody that I don't that I don't know. You know that I've at least talked to them, met them, etc. I mean, if I just have somebody who's a friend of a friend saying, "Oh, can I be your friend?" I don't accept. Don't I see. It. But I don't know. It's just it's strange. It is you know strange. this, this technical world we live in. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I don't want a bunch of weirdos on my site. I'm on there. Any more than I have. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) But in all seriously, you should be careful. I mean, we we get into this mode about uh, you know uh, you know we're talking with our friends and stuff, and it's no big deal, and you can say things that you would naturally say to your good friends, but uh, you you can't get it. You can't do it on uh, 
Facebook, you get bit in the butt. Yeah, people misinterpret it. People who don't really know you exactly get you know all in a huff, and uh, they don't really know what's going on. So they shouldn't be on your Facebook. <laughs> I guess so. Or so, anyways, we've got uh, some new changes coming up to the show that we're really excited about. I mean, I've been talking about changes for a long time, but you know, I'm so what lazy. <laughs> <laughs> No. Busy, that's the word, busy. That's, I know oh, it busy. ended with a Y. <laughs> um, no, you're not lazy, Ron, not you. We, we we actually do have some neat changes coming through the show, and I, I think it's going to start within a couple of weeks, if not by September for sure. We've got some new segments that are finally being put together, and uh, I'm really excited. So that's going to be too. fun. I am too. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but we're not going to tip them off, though. So Okay. Anyway, uh, okay. also we've added uh, we added a new event. Uh, Karen O'Keefe, Dr. Karen O'Keefe, the parapsychologist from Most Haunted, is coming over here in the Vargas beginning of September, and he's doing a bunch of stuff with the ghost hunts, dining with the dead, and um, that type of stuff. And we've added another event at the uh, Hooten Mansion in North Adams, uh, ghost hunting British style. So that's be kind of neat. Awesome. Awesome. Now, for those who don't know the Hoot Mansion, the Hoot Mansion is really, really, really a cool place. Uh, Marianne and I have investigated it, you know, several times. Yeah, it's probably most known for the uh, ghost adventurers. They uh, uh, actually uh, uh, investigated in one of their episodes. Mm-hmm. In fact, the reason that they investigated it is that uh, Jeff Belanger works on the show. And, of course, Jeff and I are real good friends, and I've mentioned the, the Hooten Mansion many times. It's also in uh, my book, of course, Ghost Chronicles, Maureen, in my book. So mm-hmm. there you go. Absolutely. That's anyway. very cool. I have to get up there. I have not been up it there yet. It is a cool and... place. It's, it's an old, old mansion. Yeah. It's, uh, it was owned by the um, mayor of North Adams, uh, A.C. Hooten. And then basically what had happened is a day in August. You know what? We're just about on the anniversary. I just thought of this. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. Anyways, uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they, he went out, out for a uh, uh, coach ride, uh, you know, a motor coach ride, and uh, he was going along the, the roads. He had a chauffeur, uh, John Witter, and they were going around the mountain roads, and there was a work gang in the road, and they went around it, and they hit the soft shoulder, and the car rolled down the embankment, and... Uh, his daughter was killed along with uh, Mary Hutton, and uh, very shortly thereafter, uh, John Witt is the chauffeur who we think had a a, a love affair with uh, Mary, and that's just what we picked up in our investigations, no proof for that. Oh. Um, he went in the, uh, the barn and shot himself in the head and killed himself. Oh. And then, a couple days later, even though he had no uh, major injuries from the accident, A.C. Hooten died himself. So he had four deaths in that short period of time. When was that? Was it like in the, what what time? Uh, It must have been the motor coaches, probably 1900. I can't remember offhand. If you go to the the website, I I think we have something on it. It's uh, N-E, the letter N, letter E, like New England, ghostproject.com, indiegoastproject.com. And if you go on there, I I believe, if not, if you go to ghostchroniclesthebook.com, there's definitely several articles and everything. In fact, we were the first team to investigate it because 
basically, it, the the mansion is owned by the Masons, mm-hmm. and um, they they had an author, Sherry Revelier, I think her name was, was being writing on different haunted places in Massachusetts, and she wanted to write about the Hooten Mansion, but uh, the Masons weren't sure it was haunted or not, so they called us in to do an investigation. It was excited. It's in the book, actually. It's one of the chapters in the book. But anyways, we do have a guest on the line, so I don't want to ramble on like I usually do. Yeah, that's up, Ron. Yep, so why don't we bring our, our guest on? Uh, she has a lovely name. It is Constant Victoria Briggs, and she has written the book, The Encyclopedia of Unseen World. Hi, Ron. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> Hi, Constance. Hi. That's that's Anne. She's oh, I'm right sorry. Hi, I'm Anne. Here. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm not good at introductions. I'm, I usually forget my own name half the time. But that's okay. I was re- enjoying your conversation there. <laughs> I was oh, I was I'm sorry. It was so engaging. <laughs> I, I just ramble on like that. It's a bad thing, I know. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, I think it's mental uh, ADD or whatever the heck that is. <laughs> okay. But anyways, uh, you have written a, a, a great book, uh, The Encyclopedia of Unseen World, and it's it's from A to Z. It has, like, tons of stuff yeah. about the paranormal. Yes. So yeah. I, <laughs> So how did you come up with the idea to write this? You know what, um, Ron, I I am one of those people that seems in life to just attract odd things. <laughs> and, and, you know, it started really early on. Um, let's see, it, it started at, at about the age of 14. I, I had a vision of, uh, I guess, a spirit person and... Um, Later, uh, I began having out-of-body experiences. Um, I'm one of those people that astral project without trying to. Really? And, um, oh, yeah. And, and from there... I probably saw you in my dreams then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It didn't have to be me. It could be almost anybody because we all do it. Uh, okay. But... Yeah. So, no, but when my father passed... Um, I had some incredible experiences that just made me uh, stop for a minute and, you know, think to myself that I need to figure out how all of this is tied in astral projection. You know, my father who has crossed over, um, trying to communicate with me, and then, you know, the vision of someone. I mean, I thought there there is some sort of connection, and obviously it is with the un- what I call the unseen world, which is the spiritual world, and also the astral world, and some people call it the afterlife. There is a connection to all of these things, and I wanted people to um, be able to understand that and have a source to go to where they can look up a variety of topics, anywhere from ghosts, maybe they've seen someone, or uh, um, spiritual communication, um, how the spirits communicate, or if they even had a near-death experience, what was that, what happened to them. So they can go to this book and they can, you know, just look up any of these topics and get a, a, a paragraph or two on it. And then from there, I thought it would be a good sort of jump-off point where they could continue their own research. Um, I read an, several near-death experience books, out-of-body um, experience books, 
and um, people who were clinically dead and came back and uh, relayed what they saw on the other side. And so that this kind of this book kind of lessens the time that they have to go and read all of that, but this gives them a starting point. Mm. So I guess you haven't read the Ghost Chronicles because that's what happened to me. <laughs> no, when you were <laughs> you were talking about the Ghost Chronicles, I knew you were going to ask me that, and no, I haven't, and I promise to get it. Uh-huh, that's okay. I'm just teasing. <laughs> so, Anne, do you have a question? Because you, you know, I got this big deal now that uh, I've got to let Anne talk now because I'm getting emails saying I don't let her talk. So people don't even know she exists. I'm just, I'm just kind of hanging on, hanging yeah, on. I, I know you, you like that the, the little <laughs> mannequin that they. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> I would love to know, Constance. When you, at what age did you have? your first experience of astral projection, and, I mean, what was your reaction? The, the astral projection experience. Yeah, right. I, was in my, um, I was in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And, um, A couple of years ago, then. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a couple of years ago. Um, no, it was, it was a few years back, and uh, I went to bed, and I, would, you know, I was living single and had my apartment, and I went to bed that night. I was living in Alexandria, Virginia, in uh, the Old Town area. And I, I woke up, and I was not in my bed. I was, I was literally up above the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, which is, which is a very famous bridge in the Alexandria area. Wow. I knew what it was. I could see the cars going back and forth. And I knew, I, I, I thought to myself, oh, I know what this is. And I was a little, I was a little foggy. It's like you know, after you take a, a medicine, you're coming out, you kind of feel foggy. It was like that. And I was looking down, and I leaned forward um, by accident. It was more like it was, a, it was a floating sensation. Mm-hmm. And I, I moved forward, and I caught myself, and I, I was bobbing there, literally in the <laughs> air, just kind of bobbing, like one of those. Um, when you go fishing, you see those little balls in the water. I was going up and down like that. And I, my guess is because the spirit is light, you know, and it's, it's, it's airy. So um, I woke up the next morning and in kind of a shock because I knew what had happened. I had heard of it, never experienced it to my recollection. And um, I kind of went on about my day in a fog because I couldn't explain it. You know, did, I, did something happen to my body during sleep that caused it? You know, and interestingly enough, um, at that time, my boss had a friend who had written a book out of, uh, by Robert Monroe titled uh, Journeys Out of the Body. And this was a man who uh, uh, habitually slipped out of his physical body. The spiritual body just came out and he would travel. And he wrote about this, and this book really helped me a lot. To understand better, um, and since that time, I've had many experiences. Wow, that's amazing! That is amazing. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I well, I, I think we ha- all have uh, well experiences like that, but we call them dreams sometimes. I really think that sometimes when we're dreaming, we're really not dreaming. Yes, I, I agree with you, and. Um, some people will have, for example, you, you hear people talk about having a sensation of flying while sleeping. I believe that they probably came out of their body and were and were moving about. Wow. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but there are some experiences like mine where you become conscious in the middle of them. 
and then you you know you know for sure that something different has happened. Um, there's a very famous, uh, well, I don't know if he's so famous anymore, but in the early 1900s, his book, book by Sylvan Muldoon, was mm-hmm. the first person who wrote about this experience, and he um, he came out of his body one night as well and was moving about the house, and he was said to have been weeping because he thought he was dead. Oh, no. Yes. Uh-huh. Only to find out later that, you know, he wasn't, you know, dead at all, and he could also right. write about the experience. So I wanted people to understand by looking up the injuries in, in, in the unseen world that they could look up astral projection, they could look up out-of-body experience, they could even look up bilocation. Because um, there have been incidences, again, whereas myself, myself, where they saw a loved one who was very much alive in their, you know, presence, but they may have been in another state. Um, oh. For somehow that person was asleep and the astral project, you know, projected to their, their loved one. So, uh, yeah, you know, for people who don't understand these things, you know, it, it, it certainly pays to do some research rather than, I think, sweep it under the carpet like so many do. Right, because I've I've had I've had that dream so many times of flying. I think it's probably I would think it's a common dream, but it would never occur to me that I was actually not in my body. Exactly. And um, one aspect of projecting is to move quickly. Uh, the spiritual body is powerful. It's supernatural, com- you know, compared to the physical and. It can move at the, at the uh, thought. Um, you, you think yourself places and you find that you're on your way. Wow. Um, has been my experience and also from the research I've done of others. Well, let me, let me ask you this, and, and it's, it's kind of a stupid question, but I'm known for stupid <laughs> questions. Um, could, you go into, could you go into someone else's body? Oh, wow. Now, that's an interesting question. So, for instance, um, if, if someone else was astral projection and you were astral projecting, <laughs> could you pop in the wrong body? You know, I mean, I... I, <laughs> I hope not. I've really. never done that. I don't think I want to do it, but um, I've never read or heard of anyone doing it through astral projection, but I did read an account where someone had a near-death experience and they witnessed spirits trying to <laughs> get in other people's bodies to oh. no avail, to no avail. Well, uh, see, I, I, can tell you, I can tell you definitely that they can do that because um, I work with the transmedium and Maureen has had many, many spirits. She sounds so cheap, doesn't she? <laughs> many spirits. Ooh. Many spirits enter her body, and yeah, Ron, I know, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, but the mediums that are are giving the permission for these spirits to enter and take over and communicate. Right. Yeah, I think but, that that's a little different. But I'm not here to say that someone couldn't possess someone else. I don't know, but I know that the mediums do and can allow someone to come in. Right, yeah. and and that's what she does. But see, here's the deal. It's like sometimes when she'll be, you know, allowing one spirit to come in, another one will jump in instead. You know, somebody yeah. who might not like me. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but... Uh, oh, I can't imagine Lovely. That, no way. Lovely. Well, you know, it's, it's, a lot of this is, you know, uncharted territory. 
mean, yeah, but that's what it's all about. That's why you yeah. you do this stuff is because you want to learn about it and and you, you know. Want, yeah, I want to get more answers. I want to be able to help people on this side and help people on the other side to um, be able to communicate, to be able to understand. I know that our loved ones and friends over there would like to um, make a connection, and they need people, you know, to do the research and shorten that, that gap between the two worlds. Interestingly enough, um, I, uh, one of my entries in my book talks about Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, trying to create a, a machine. Yeah, the Spiracon. To communicate yeah, between the two worlds. And I thought, okay, you know what? He's a really good reference for this because right? he believed it, you know. Um, obviously, there's, there's something to it. For people who want uh, the scientists, and, you know, the um, intellects to say something on this subject. There are experts out there, you know, who um, not, are not just the people like me who have experienced it, but who have sat and thought and tried intelligently and through science to make this happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's, it, there's so much we don't know. I mean, your book is great. You have... Tons of references, and I absolutely love it because it's like anything you can think of is in there, which is really, really, really cool. I mean, you have everything from religious uh, beliefs to, uh, oh, God, uh, people, you know, like uh, the uh, those crazy sisters from upstate New York. Um. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a great thing. Even Abraham Lincoln, did you? I don't know if you saw it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He uh, was said to have set in on, uh, you know, media uh, circles with a medium friend of his wife, Mary. And uh, at one point, Daniel Webster came through. Mm-hmm. It's thought that it was Daniel Webster because one of the people in the circle said, oh, okay, did you notice the mannerisms of the person who spoke through the medium? And, um, and uh, this, this person who spoke through the medium said that Lincoln needed to sign the Emancipation Proclamation, getting tongue-tied. And, and they said, Did you know who, do you know who that sounded like? And he said, yeah. You know, they, they looked at the picture on the wall. It was Daniel Webster, who uh, during that period, um, is my understanding, supported it, uh, but did not physically do anything about it. You know? mm-hmm. But uh, from the other side, he strongly uh, felt that it should be changed, and he encouraged uh, Lincoln to do so. Hmm. That's yeah. amazing. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's so funny because, now see, I'm trying to think. I believe, and you're going to laugh, but I believe that uh, Maureen channeled Daniel Webster. We were doing, what was that, Ivy League College? Some Ivy League, I mean, we Harvard. never really, which one? Harvard? No, there's more than Harvard and Yale, you know. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. Taking a stab here. Okay. <laughs> some college. It doesn't really matter. And she actually picked up on this guy who was Daniel Webster. And I thought that was so cool because we really don't run into a lot of famous people when you do investigations. You know, you always, you know, you don't run into Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, you know, every time you go out there. It's usually some schmuck. And so it's, it's nice to run into somebody uh, who you guys actually know. You know, so I mean... It's it's kind of cool. So I don't know why I brought that up, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, um, Constance, you one of the things that I noticed 
that was mentioned about your book is that if people know the difference between clairvoyance, clairsentience, and clairaudience, can yeah, you a... tell us the difference? Because uh, I'm not really sure. You know, those the, the words are so similar, I think they just confuse people, the, the heck out of people most of the time, and they'd rather just use some sim- simpler term. But um, clairvoyance is actually the ability to see spirits, um, on the other side, and animals, and even and even objects from time to time that are in the unseen world, and apparently it's not unseen to everybody because some people have that you know famous sixth sense that they can, you know, pick it up or perceive the other side. Um, the term is uh, used, let's see, also for people who can see future events, and um, they can also see. Uh, things going on in, in different locations. So that term has two meanings. But So that one is the ability to see. Um, clairsentience is the ability to uh, hold an object or touch someone and, um, you know, get the feeling or the sense of the energy surrounding that person. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And, oh, boy, clairaudience, <laughs> and this is the one that I've, I've had some, a little bit of experience with, is um, being able to hear someone from the, from the other side or the unseen world. Oh, right, like EVPs, things like that. Oh, I'm sorry? Like an EVP? No. no? This, is, uh, this is even uh, more than an EVP because EVP is electronic voice phenomena, and you can, you can do that. You're, and anybody can do that who, you know, if you have a good piece of recording equipment, you can do that without being clear audience. Clear audience is, uh, is being able to hear your, your guides or your angels or an unseen loved one from the other side. And I'll give you ex- an experience that I had. Um, I was uh, sitting at home, and I, at the time I had a, a, a toddler, about four, he was, well, he was four, and his friend was there, and the mom and I were talking, chatting, and the boys were sitting right there. And as we were chatting, I kept, they, were, like, they were in a separate room, but where we could supposedly see them. Uh-huh. Um, and I kept hearing check the door, check the door, check the door. And my friend's telling this long-winded story, just like I'm doing right now. And I'm here to check the door. And so I'm like, you know what, Kathy, i sorry I have to interrupt you, but I have to check the door. So I got up and I went and I, you know, opened the, and the front door was open. And her son was out. Oh. Yeah. Um, he, supposedly we were keeping an eye on them. <laughs> well, they uh, slip we away. Were, we were chatting so much that my son was actually still there playing but hers had gotten up, and he had opened the door, and he was gone. And I heard that very, very clearly. Wow. But, um, I Constance, really you know what? That. I hear the yes. beats very, very clearly. That means we have to take a break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so can you right. hold on, please? Okay, thanks. And you are listening to Ghost Chronicles. We'll be right back after the following messages on TojiNet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. We'll be right back now. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. 
unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parax family. I'm Dr. Kieran O'Keefe, parapsychologist and investigator from Travel Channel's Most Haunted. Parapsychology is the scientific study of the paranormal. And this includes every aspect of ESP, whether it's telepathy, precognition or clairvoyance, but also the study of PK or psychokinesis. And this can include poltergeist activity, but also mediumistic communication and encounters with spirit. Join me and Ron Coley. This August, I'll be coming to New England and I'll be doing a variety of different things. I'll be doing workshops, for example, paranormal CSI workshop. I'll be doing ghost investigations, taking part in a ghost cruise around the Portsmouth area, visiting various lighthouses, and also having dinner with some of you in an allegedly haunted restaurant. No matter what event I do, it'll be exciting, it'll be paranormal, and I hope you'll be there. For more information on Cameron's event or to register, go to anyghostproject.com. That's the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Hope to see you there. Now back to our show. And? Yes, I was going to say, you beat me, and we're back. And we are back. You want to listen to Ghost Chronicles with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick here on TojiNet, Pararex Ghost Channel, and beyond. And our very, very, very special guest is Constance Victoria Briggs. Oh, I love that name. <laughs> Thank you. Can you be in love with a name, I wonder? <laughs> of course. And she is the author of the Encyclopedia of, Unseen, of the Unseen World. And her website, in case you want to check it out, is www. StarSeedMission.com. So that's Star, S-T-A-R, Seed, S-E-E-D, Mission, M-I-S-S-I-O-N.com. And that's a long one. And I am looking for, or for stories for, um, from people who have had unusual experiences. And I also um, would be happy to talk with anyone online and, you know, answer questions that people may have. You know, perhaps they've recently lost a loved one and they do have some bizarre things going on in their house that they can't explain. Um, or, you know, or they haven't lost a loved one and they have things going on. Um, I, I, I don't mind, you know, help, trying to help people a bit to understand better. Great. Okay. Actually, I just lost my mom a couple of weeks ago and uh, I got a message from her on a lottery ticket. So what do you yeah. do? <laughs> She's looking really? out for you. <laughs> I did. Well, it wasn't a winning ticket, so don't get excited. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, we, we, in Massachusetts, we have these lottery tickets called cash word. I mean, yeah, cash word. It's like uh-huh. a crossword puzzle where you rock the letters off, and, and this, this whole message came out on this, this uh, lottery ticket. So pretty big. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, really? It, You're serious? Oh, I am. Most serious. Wow. Very, Good very bizarre. Unfortunately, uh, I got the message too late, so, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Better luck next time. It's on next week's lottery, next week. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, I do want to ask you something which really intrigued me, and 
in fact, I, I, I have a new book that's coming out in September myself called Ghost a Day, which is 365 ghost stories around the world. Oh, cool. And one of your entries in here is just a four-letter word, <laughs> moans, M-O-N-S. Um, Do you remember it? Yeah. The Angels of Mons? Yes. Do you know what that was? Would you tell like, our, our listeners? Oh, um, the angels were, of Mons were, if I recall correctly, they were protectors. Uh, they were fighting. There was a, um, let me try to remember the, uh, the war. I know. You do so many entries. That's like the 365 room. It was the, the Second World War. Yeah, and the, and the uh, specters uh, appeared above, and they were helping. Um, let me think. Let me help you out. No, 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 no. I can do this. <laughs> okay. <it> was, <laughs> wait a minute. Okay. Don't help me, Ron. Don't help. Sure. Um, okay. It was British. It was the British, and it was the Germans, and it was during World War One. And um, it was at Mons, and they, uh, the spectral um, ghost or spirits were seen. They had bows and arrows and swords, and uh, they had witnessed them above their heads, and they were, you know. Battling the British, I believe. In the sky. Mm-hmm. From the sky. Yep, yeah. and this, this was actually in August of 1914. Yeah, and, and so 1914, this be, that's right. This, this be in August, it's, it's their anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. looking over my head now, hoping to see any, but I do not. So. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's not tons of information on that. I, I first heard of this, actually, um, about... Gosh, 20 years ago now, and um, and it was very intriguing to me. But you know that they were seeing these these uh, ghosts with bows and arrows. But I, I I think what you know bothered me at the time that I first heard it was that you know they were taking sides, and I <laughs> I was feeling at the time that we should be able to work out our own problems with you know uh, without you know ghostly beings showing up to to you know. Take sides like that. That's how I was feeling. And I, I remember I've documented a lot of these things for years. I would just, you know, write them down and save them for another time and maybe to use them somewhere. Um, but I, I thought that was an interesting one, which is why I put it in the book. I wish we had more detail, though. There, there's also actually a, a battle in England, which is in my book. And uh, the battle uh, was fought, and the king... Uh, the shepherd actually saw the battle being replayed again in the sky over the battlefield, and the king actually sent representatives to the town, and sure enough, this, this battle was being refought in the sky above the, the land. Well, um, have you ever heard of the term imprint? Which I are, might have. You know, in your travels, um, there is... Uh, when there's something that's very uh, traumatic or dramatic or violent... The energy from that that time is said to imprint in a place, and that sometimes what we're seeing are not necessarily ghosts, but um, real um, uh, energies that kind of you know stay right. behind. Right, it's what we call a residual haunting residual. In, in, okay. in our field. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, and it could have been that. I suppose I've never witnessed an imprint. Um, I've. Uh, I lived in Old Town, Alexandria, historical Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia, for a long time, and they had many uh, such things over there where um, 
you would see some sort of violent act, and the, the people were dressed in colonial period, you know, garb. And uh, so I, you know, I, I just wondered sometimes if that was an imprint rather than a ghost. Um, right, but I mean, it's, okay. a lot of it's terminology. I mean, some people, I mean, I do, I use the word spirit and ghost interchangeable, mm-hmm. even though, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some people believe that a ghost or a, is a non uh Entity is nothing more than a recording. It's not a, an intelligent entity, whereas a spirit is somebody who can come to visit and is not landlocked or whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Whatever. This, this million. Tomato, tomato. Right. <laughs> but, yes, it does, yeah, it pays to do the research, though, I think. And I think that uh, we're certainly getting somewhere and getting some questions answered with, you know, for people like you, you know, out there doing that work. And I think it's very helpful for people who don't understand it all. So let's talk a little bit about the Fox Sisters. I'm sure they're in your book. Those crazy Fox Sisters. <laughs> they certainly, their experience certainly scared me. I have to say that's one of the, um, if I didn't have to write about them or a number of the uh, people during the uh, during that period, I would have I would have been really happy. Now I don't get I don't scare that easy. But if I had waking up with the rapping going on like that, I, I think I would have been, been terrified. Yeah. No. You know, tell me about the Fox Sisters because I, I am in the dark here. You don't know the Fox Sisters? I don't know the Fox Sisters. Oh, my God, Ian. You're blonder I, than I thought. I just, yep, just living in a rock here up in East Bridgewater and just, you know, out of touch. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> so do you want to take that? Um, I'm trying to, okay, the Fox sisters were sisters that um, apparently were mediums that didn't realize it. I mean, they had an experience when they were very small um, where they had, uh, I believe they had moved into a house and they had um, gone to bed and they heard knocking on the, um, on the walls and it, you know, it scared them to the point where they um, <laughs> decided they didn't want to be afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would occur at night, and it happened night after night, and it was scaring everyone in the family, and they decided they weren't going to take it anymore. And so they finally knocked back, and um, they knocked and made noise back. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe, you know, they were, you know, letting this, this, this ghostly person or whomever it was know that it wasn't going to happen. They weren't going to take it. And when they did it, then the person on the other side did it. And this went back and forth for a while. And um, from from that experience, the girls were able to communicate with it, and they learned at that point that they had a calling or they thought to talk to people on the other side, and they made a career out of it. Oh, okay. So... They are actually considered the founders of the spiritual uh, movement in, in the United States, basically. And people thought they were crazy, or they did crazy? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, there are some people who are saying that they were frauds, and some who you thought they were a little nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe their original story. I believe that there was a presence in there that was um, knocking and ca- causing problems to get their attention. I believe that's how it all started. I don't know how it all ended for them. I don't know if um, it became so big that they had to make things up. 
you know, as they've been accused. But, you know, I certainly think the girls certainly were on to something, and I think they were natural-born mediums. And uh, they did be, they traveled around the United States, you know, um, yep. yeah, showing their skills. So what so, happens, you know, with, with anything else when someone becomes a celebrity? The demand is always to produce, 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 be bigger, right. be better. Right, so, and that may have been in what caused them to have, you know, I don't know if they had to make anything up or not. I don't want to knock them. Right. But, um, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, speaking about mediums, uh, we'll have to probably talk about probably the most famous, and that would be Edgar Casey. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's um, also in your book. He's also in my book, and I was um, able one year to visit his uh, his home there in um, in Virginia, mm-hmm. which is still going on, and they have all of his um, his works and his. Um, his writings and things. Edgar was very interesting in that he could go into trances and um, communicate with the other side or, or um, get information for people who were sick um, and that had, you know, had problems. And he would, uh, people would come to him to be diagnosed with their disease. He would put himself into a, a state where, a sleep-like state, and although people couldn't see it, he, I, I believe he he would leave his body because at one point he was saying that he saw the angel of death and he would he would cross over and he was able to retrieve um, information from what he um, termed the akashic akashic records um, and and bring it back and diagnose the person and he mm-hmm. could tell them you know tell the person what they needed to do and exactly where the problem was in their body even though he was not a doctor he was not medically trained and. Um, you know, so he, he has hundreds, I don't know how many exactly, hundreds of these accounts that are stored, even though he's crossed over now himself, where people can go in and get it, you know, look at his um, referrals and see what they did for a certain problem. Um, my favorite story, though, of Edgar Casey was, was seeing the uh, angel of death because I hadn't actually heard or read of anyone else who had crossed over and encountered that person. And... Um, so uh, yeah, that kind of stands out in my mind. And I and he also um, he wrote a great deal about uh, reincarnation. You know, coming back in, in different um, lives. Um, you know, crossing over and coming back. And my I had a friend actually who um, was reading his books, and she had come to the conclusion that she was a certain um, person. I, I think he had given each account a number, and there was a person in one of his books that she <laughs> she swears. That's who she was in her, you know, in that lifetime. So we actually have a question for you in the uh, Tojinet chat room, and Gail asks, uh, "Didn't people take advantage of him?" Oh, um, I don't. I, I, you know, I don't have any information on Casey being taken advantage of. Yeah, I think what sure she's what talking, talking about is while he w- went into these trances, he would answer people's questions, and there were several people that would, for instance, ask what stocks in the stock market would do well and <laughs> this other thing. So they, they did, no, seriously, this this did happen. And, yeah. uh, I, I haven't heard that, and I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But, um, no, I, ha- I hadn't heard that. And, and the other it's thing is, is that, mm-hmm. you know, he wished to cure people and everything. Well, I don't know cure people, but, but help them heal, I guess. Is that the right word, or, or should we say cure? Uh 
I think you could use either one. He helped them heal and he, he cured them. I mean, he didn't, he didn't physically cure them. He right. was, yeah, he was giving them the, the diagnosis uh, and prescribing treatment right. for them. Wow. So he pointed them in the direction they needed to go. Yeah, and I mean, he really astounded doctors. And um, I mean, he was able to treat people who lived, uh, give treatment to people who lived hundreds of miles away. No. I actually have a first-hand experience of that, really? is that, um, you know that I'm very skeptical about a lot of things, and one of the things I was always skeptical about uh, was Reiki. So I enrolled in a Reiki course with Elizabeth Foley, my little angel ninja, and uh, I took a, a pretty extensive course. It was, I ended up uh, being a level two practitioner. But anyway, oh, really? uh, as, at the end of it, uh, they had this little thing where you would do diagnostic, not the diagnostics on a person. I laid on a table, and everybody would you know go over me and raise their hands. And Laura Worcester uh, was actually able to pick up that I had a blockage in one of my arteries that almost killed me. So that was oh. uh, wow. so I did have a firsthand experience of it, and I thought wow. that was kind of neat. Wow, I, you know. My my hat goes off to people who are able to do that. That's really, really something. I think that um, I I think people like that, and also with Casey, I really believe that Casey was born to do to do that work. I mean, he helped a lot of people. I think it was, uh, I think he had about fourteen thousand out of body experiences, and wow. you know, most of them were to you know go over and get treatments for people. So I think he came here for that reason. Right, I do too. And the, the interesting thing, though, about it is, is they believe that also killed him. Oh, uh, leaving the body so much? Well, the whole thing, being able to uh, leave the body and be able to do diagnostics and all that, eventually drained the life energy out of him. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Didn't hear that one, huh? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Pretty amazing. Oh, I could be wrong. That doesn't sound surprising either, though, now, does it? I mean, yeah, I mean, people. We don't do know. Safety. We don't know what the effects are right. of leaving the body and, and coming back. No, I, you if know. you work with any mediums, I believe that you know they uh, they become drained after they work. I mean, they I've do, seen huh? that so many times, and with so many different mediums and psychics, it's it they do get energetically drained. I have read that, and I can't remember now uh, the woman, and maybe it was the oh the the channeler of the Seth Chronicles. I'm forgetting her name. Um, I believe I was that she may have passed from that. I mean that if I, I don't think it was like Casey where he was coming and going out of the body, but having someone come in and go out, I, I have heard that it's very draining. Yes, and don't people who do Reiki. When they're done with their Reiki session, I mean, they're also, that's a similar thing. Not really, because, no. see, that's, that's what I thought, and, and Reiki, it doesn't work that way. You are no more than a, a lightning rod in Reiki. Uh, you're not using your own energy. Uh, it, it actually, it's just energy that passes through you to heal. Oh, okay. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So it's so. healing for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Constance... Of you know, I mean, I know you've you know, there's there's tons and tons of stuff in this book. Uh, what what's your favorite things that comes to mind out of there? Say like two or three of your favorite uh, entries. 
Yeah, um, I was thinking about that, and uh, because there are just so many, and I think uh, huh, I, Lincoln was one of my favorite when I mentioned yeah. him. To be honest, I just think that is so cool <laughs> that he uh, got a message from Daniel Webster. But I also I like the uh, the entry on Houdini. Oh, and, um, now I yeah. did not read that. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Because uh, Houdini's definitely an interesting character. Oh, I love him. <laughs> yeah, um, Houdini um, was actually someone in life who was totally against mediums. He just thought, you know, they were a hoax, and he didn't want to have anything to do with them. So he decided, um, along with his wife, that... Um, if and when he died, he, you know, if, if there were such a thing as life after death, he would actually come back and bring a message. So he created a code um, along with, with his wife, and um, I believe her name was Beatrice. And uh, so after his passing, um, I mean, it, it, was, it was public knowledge, I guess, that he had done this. So after his passing, there were um, mediums who tried to, to crack that code, and they could until... Uh, a very famous medium, Arthur Ford, came along, and um, Houdini contacted him and gave him um, the message, which was uh, Rosabelle Belief. And I don't know who Rosabelle was, but that was what was decided before he died. And when he gave that message, his wife Beatrice, you know, knew it was him, and she had to sign a legal document basically saying that she wasn't lying, you know, wow. that this was the truth. And um, <laughs> so someone who really didn't believe in this stuff actually was able to come back from the other side and say, you know what, yeah, it does exist. Here you go. Here's the code. <laughs> well, Constance, um, I know quite a bit about Houdini. And actually, Houdini, it all started when his mother died because he loved his mother very much. And he got involved in the, uh, the spiritual uh, movement along with... Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, his good friend. And then he realized by going to some of the mediums that they were actually fakes. They were nothing more than uh, politics, cheap politics. So he devoted his entire life exposing uh, mediums and so forth. That's, that's how he got in. But he did believe in the afterlife, and, and that was one of the reasons uh, he, they would have those seances every uh, Halloween uh, to see if uh, he could come back, because he believed if anybody could, he could. So, anyways, uh, Houdini is definitely a, a cool character in the book. And, uh, I mean, there are so many of them in here. For instance, Harewood uh, uh, Her uh, Carrington, which is, uh, he wrote two books with um, uh, Sylvia Muldoon, I think her name is. And, uh, Sylvan, about, Phil, uh, Sylvan Muldoon. He was the, uh, young, the, the young man that I spoke of earlier yeah. who would uh, <laughs> slip out of his body. And um, was very uh, nervous about that. So I mean, that's the the interesting thing is you you've gone into not only uh, you know one aspect of the the spiritual world, but many. You know what I I have to say that um, sometimes the stories can run together. There are there are a lot of uh, mediums in the book, and I I think it would be interesting if people read some of the stories and then to use them as a, a jump start to go and, and, you know, get a biography on the person so that they know that um, there really are people over there who, um, here who can 
communicate with the other side, and they don't all, they don't have to be frauds. You know, there are um, a number of religions in the book. You know that talk exactly. about the other side. Yeah. I really like uh, the fact that in every um, culture from ancient times today, everyone has a story about the afterlife and the other side. And more more than that, it's positive. It's always, you know, this beautiful place that you go and, you know, you can rest and um, basically get ready for the next life. Um, I like that aspect of it. I, I want them to know that it's not just Christianity that's saying it, that it's across the board. Another thing is when you're uh, reading about the out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences where there's a wealth of information to be taken from these accounts, that is also not just an American thing. You know, it is uh, worldwide. People who have had near-death experiences crossed over, come back, and reported what they saw. And there are some very similar things um, in, in the research. For example... There are many people who talk about seeing um, a city of light, a crystal city, um, an ice city. And if this is the same place, how is it that so many people have seen the same thing? Right. Um, there have been a number of accounts of an amphitheater in, hovering in the sky. Um, even um, Damien Brinkley talked about that, of this, this place that you go and it's, it's, it's shaped like this... Uh, this theater, is that the same place? Um, you know, there's, uh, and the clothing. We've heard for eons, it seems, that when you, you know, heard of people being seen, entities on the other side, or beings of light, that they were dressed in uh, long gowns. Well, you have Betty J. Eady's book, very famous, Embraced by the Light, where she actually crossed over and saw material being weaved, uh, being woven, and people... Um, at these uh, looms weaving and making, you know, these gowns that were iridescent. And um, sure enough, a number of people on the other side have said that they've seen people in these these robes and these gowns. In my vision, I saw someone wearing a long um, gown, and this was uh, way before I was ever interested in this stuff. So I think that the book um, comes from many different angles, and they can look up, you know, things like, uh, okay, like I said, astral projection or uh, what do the, you know, Hindus believe about the other side or, you know, um, read those experiences of people um, who were just, you know, a housewife who became a medium and, and maybe channeling someone from the other side. It's very right. interesting stuff. Well, Carlos, I, I hate to tell you this, but we're almost out of time. But I, I do have one quick question that I know that was on your list of questions is what happens when we die? And I, I kind of... Find that neat. What, what happens when we die? Oh, I love, <laughs> I love to tell people this. Um, you know, uh, obviously we return to the unseen world, which is where we came, um, where we originated from. We really are going home. Um, when we die, our lifetime here is done. There's, there's no sorrows. The pain is gone. We've heard it all before from ancient times through the scriptures. But there are specific things that happen that uh, Dr. Uh, Raymond Moody outlined. Um, he's the father of near-death research, and he's published a few books, um, the most famous being Life After Life. And um, I've experienced some of these myself. Um, the first thing is, uh, you know, when you're passing, you experience a strange sound that could be a buzzing sound or a popping sound. I've heard the popping sound, even though I, you know, I wasn't passing, it's when you're leaving the body, it's, it's, it's you know, a pop. Mm -hmm. And um, you do, you feel your, he didn't list this, but I can say 
that you feel it's like a, a speeding up sometimes of the body with that sound. Next, you're going to, he says that you're going to feel peace and painlessness. So if you're worried about death and pain, you are coming out of the body and you're not going to continue to feel all, all of, you know, whatever's going on or whatever happened. You're going to be at peace. And then the body is out. You can be standing there. You can be looking at it. The, uh, it was an, he's listed the third thing as the out-of-body experience. And so you can actually be watching what's going on around you and maybe be trying to contact your, your loved ones who may be standing right there saying goodbye or, or what have you. Uh, number four is um, out of the uh, nine things is entering a tunnel. It's um, been documented that many people see tunnels or um, some people... Uh, one woman called it the starry tunnel that you go through, and you're going to be going really quickly. Are you not going to believe this? We have to go now. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I oh, talked no. to it too long. You I'm know sorry. what, Constance? We're going to have to have you back. This has been Constance <laughs> Victoria Briggs. Her book is The Encyclopedia of Unseen World. Uh, we will have you back on. Thank you so much for being Thank on the show, you. young lady. It was lady. a pleasure. Thank you. Good night. Good night. So, time to wrap up. Good night. God bless. Good night, everyone. From ghoulies to ghosties. No more mommy madness. The Sanity Hour is the antidote. It's the Sanity Hour with Ann Dunham. Monday evenings at 6, 7 central. Part of the Hurricane.